for me, like, it's really interesting. I'm in a lot of, you know, groups with other high net worth individuals. And it's like amazing to me that like a lot of these guys, they make tons of money, right? People who are worth hundreds of millions of dollars and yet they don't take care of their health. And I'm just like, what's the point of having hundreds of millions of dollars if you pass away at age 65 when you could have lived to 95, right? On Air Brands. Your next 10 million is a community dedicated to folks who have achieved wealth and are looking to achieve greatness. Our interviews and discussions focus on growing your family's wealth and cash flow with investors across asset classes, but with a particular focus on housing and real estate. But there's more to growing your wealth than just capital allocation. So we try to bring you a variety of conversations and experts. Please subscribe to get notified as soon as a new episode is released. Hey guys, we have an amazing episode today. I got my buddy Talor here. He's one of the smartest people that I know. I know that he'll never admit it, but he really is. This guy is like a machine. All he does is read, listens to podcasts, and just digests information in a very high level way. So Talor, I'm really excited to have you on our show today, man. Thanks for being here and excited to jump in with you. Absolutely, man. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. This is a long time coming. So uh, super happy about this. Uh, you were one of the first people that I connected with in GoBundance and we just kind of hit it off uh, very quickly. But you know, you have such an interesting story. You're just a pure badass. Do you want to give us a little bit of about your background, who you are, what you, you've done so far successfully and uh, where you're at now? Sure, sure. Yeah, I think I'm one of the few in GoBundance that's not like a full-time real estate uh, guy or whatever, <laughs> real estate investor, yep. but I am investing passively as an LP now. Um, so that's good to have that passive income. And I'm a big believer in that. But yeah, I've been an internet entrepreneur for... So I'm born and raised in Queens, New York, um, and then uh, worked on Wall Street for a little while out of college. Um, but um, basically read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in my early 20s, started doing some real estate stuff on the side. Um, actually was one of the first people doing short sales in real estate in like 2007, uh, before the banks even had a short sale department. So I was actually a little early to the game. But what's interesting is that I actually created um, a training program for real estate agents on how to do short sales. Because um, I was here in Vegas, we had moved to Vegas at the time where it was like the short sale capital of the world. And yep. so, uh, yeah, I had over 100 short sale listings just from doing some like guerrilla marketing and direct mail and stuff like that. And so then created a course on uh, how to do short sales. And that's really what got me into internet marketing. So that was like, and I think towards the end of 2007, and I've been sort of an internet entrepreneur ever since, um, have basically kind of in the beginning, I was sort of like an outsourced CMO. I had a specialty in Google advertising, copywriting, product launches, all that kind of stuff. Um, but any, anyway, kind of fast forward to 2015, I had built a bunch of um, really successful businesses for my clients. I had sold a lot of information products, teaching other people how to become marketing consultants um, and just kind of didn't want to felt like that game, just kind of teaching people the same thing over and over. I got kind of bored with that and working on other people's businesses. So saw the e-commerce opportunity in 2015 and, um, and actually let me back up one second in 2013, I had major pain and inflammation all throughout my arms. Like 
so bad to the point where I couldn't type on a keyboard like more than two sentences without like literally having to hold my hands in pain. Uh, and so I was at the time wearing compression gloves, compression wrist sleeve, compression elbow sleeve on both arms just to try to get some pain relief. I had to actually use a voice dictation software for two years um, and teach myself how to talk in sound bites just to kind of do my job as a, as a you know, internet marketer. And uh, that, what I say was at the, at the time, it was like I was in debt. I had like a one-year-old and a two-year-old daughter. I'm in like massive pain. I'm like, only thing I know how to do is make money on the computer and I can't even type. So it was like a really low point, but I always say like what I thought was the worst thing that could ever happen to me ended up being the best thing that could ever happen to me um, for a few reasons. Uh, it, number one, it sent me on my health journey. So these days I'm sort of a self-proclaimed, I guess, biohacker and um, doing have a business that I'm really passionate about uh, in that space. But also, I became so familiar with compression sleeves that in 2015, I started a brand of compression sleeves called Copper Compression and scaled that up really nicely and sold that business in 2019. Um, and so that was a big exit, um, a very meaningful exit for me that I probably wouldn't have had if I wasn't in that pain and wasn't so familiar with those products. Um, and now that brand is, you know, Drew Brees is a spokesperson and they got it in retail nationwide. And it's really cool to see this thing that I was, you know, trying on compression sleeves, sizing them, you know, in my home office here, the same room I'm in now. And uh, now to see it grow to, to those levels is, is a lot of fun. Um, and the other thing is it sent me on my health journey, which uh, I, I kind of started following the paleo and anti-inflammatory type of diets and realize eventually what I realized was, and the reason why I wanted to sell the compression sleeve company is because eventually I realized that it was just a band-aid, right? So when I was in pain, I was doing all these pain relief devices and creams and compression sleeves, and I was looking for a solution outside of myself. But what I realized is that inflammation comes from what you put inside your body. And I, when, when that clicked for me, it made a lot of sense and I thought, okay, I need to learn everything I can about how to reduce inflammation in the body. And so that's when I started kind of following the paleo diet and anti-inflammatory diet. I haven't eaten bread or pasta in several years. I don't drink or eat sugar um, or any of that kind of stuff. Anything that causes inflammation in the body, I kind of avoid. And um, as, I, as I had a successful business and knew that I was going to exit, I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I know how to create brands. Now, if I can create a brand around anything that I want, let me do something that I'm passionate about. And so I started what I do today, which is peak performance. We sell organic superfoods and supplements, and I get to interview awesome health experts like your buddy, Ryan Kennedy, and people like that on my podcast and just try to help inspire other people to prioritize and transform their health. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, That is awesome, man. Um, do you mind me asking? So, uh, did I guess did the do you wear compression anything now and like what why why did compression I guess gloves work I mean was this was this due to like tendonitis from typing at a keyboard and being on the internet all the time and what what was causing it I, I know that we'll, you know we'll probably dig into your businesses a little bit more but I'm just curious uh, that's such a fascinating story I've never heard of anybody having that type of pain um, that much of pain in their arms before. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that there's a lot of factors that caused it. One would be obviously the inflammation in the body. Compression sleeves, the compression does, I believe, at least give you relief. 
Um, but I do. But the reason why I wasn't that passionate about it at the end was that honestly, I do believe that it's a band aid. It's not going to solve the root cause of your problem. If you have back pain, wearing a back brace is not going to heal your your back pain, right? It it might give you some short term relief, but it's not going to you know really solve the root cause of the problem. So I want to get to what is the root cause of the problem here. And it's it's interesting because when I was in pain, I was like, oh wait, I have carpal tunnel. Oh no, it's arthritis. Oh no, it's cubital tunnel. It's tennis elbow. It's you know tendonitis. It's like you, you read on the internet, you see all these things. You're like, yeah, those are my symptoms. In the end of the day, what it all is, it's all inflammation, right? I actually yeah. think that most people right now that have shoulder pain, that have back pain, that have knee pain, right? Like unless you like got into a car accident and have some sort of acute injury, right? If you have long-term chronic pain in some part of your body, I, my personal belief is that's inflammation in your body. And so doing all the things that people do, um, even for myself at the time, it was like, oh, I went and got an MRI and oh, you have a herniated disc and that's what's causing the, the pain in your arms. And, and that actually wasn't the case. And, and uh, Dr. John Sarno, who I highly recommend all of his books to, to anyone who's in pain, uh, he has one called Healing Back Pain, one called The Divided Mind. Um, and, uh, and, and one called the mind body prescription. And he actually talks about how in entrepreneurs, type A personalities, people who are very driven, this, there's something called, um, uh, I think it's called TMS, tension myositis syndrome, something like that. But it's like this inner tension, like you ever feel like, oh, like I got to make this happen. Like, oh, like it's that kind of like literally inner tension that so many of us driven people have. So there was, I think, so there was a physical aspect, there was the inflammation aspect. And then there was like the mental aspect of like, I'm in debt, I'm driven. I have a one-year-old and a two-year-old daughter. Like I got to make this shit happen. Like, you know, like there's, there's that part. And then the, the, I guess the stress and the tension in my body around that. So I think there was both inflammation and then also mental stress and kind of those two things clicking together, learning about Dr. John Sarno and his techniques, and then also learning about lowering inflammation in the body. I think that's what really set me free. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. And, and you're pain-free now, right? I'm in the best, best, feeling the best, best shape of my life, feeling better than I ever had, more energy, completely pain-free, haven't used that voice dentation thing in several years now. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I love hearing that. I actually want to get back to that. I do have one question before I forget to ask this question because you kind of glossed over it. You have a, such a like a wonderful, like colorful like history. You said you went from Wall Street, then you started doing like short sale uh, online or courses and whatnot. But you know, to me, what I heard in that was that you pivoted a lot in your career. How did you, in those times where things were really stressful, make all those pivotal decisions? to change your career, especially when you have a one-year-old and, and all of that. Can you t talk me through that process for you? Yeah. I think these days I have much more of a conscious process around that. I would say I do thinking time. So one of the things I've talked to you a lot, Pasha, is, is the thinking time that I do every morning, uh, Monday through Friday. My kids leave for school and I'll typically go outside with my coffee, try to get some sunlight. Uh, and I, I often think for 30 to 60 minutes, you know, five days a week, just thinking, just visualizing, just doing gratitude, really getting out of my head, doing high level thinking. Another example of this, I'll give you a, a perfect example. Um, I had, when I was, when I was kind of like an outsourced CMO working with different clients, I was making, you know, I was making good money. Um, you know, I was making a few hundred thousand dollars a year, let's say, and, but about two thirds of that income was coming from one really big client. And this client was sucking more and more of my time. I didn't enjoy working with them. And it was like, man, like, 
okay, what is my goal? Like I went outside, I did thinking time and there's an incredible book also called U Squared by Price Pritchett, Y-O-U to the second power. You can read the book in probably 20, 20 minutes. Uh, I've probably read the book probably around a thousand times if I had to guess the number. Because yep. I take it out with me in my morning thinking time and it just helps you get out of your head. It's about making a quantum leap in your life. And so to make a quantum leap, you have to think differently and you have to really get out of your head, right? So these days I'm really trying to not be in my head, not be in the day-to-day grind of the business, to be a visionary, to think outside the box. And so when I started doing this thinking time, I was like, okay, so what's my goal here? If my goal is to be you know, a multimillionaire, you know, I'm not going to do it just working with this client who's sucking up all of my time. And so again, I have two little kids though. And I didn't, I was just getting out of debt at that time, you know, with, with the money I was making um, and, you know, sending my kids to private school and all that kind of stuff. So with the lifestyle we have, and I basically fired my biggest client, right. Who was two thirds of my income because I, it was like, if this is, if my goal, if I'm truly you know, being sincere here, and my goal is to really be a multimillionaire, it's not going to happen on this path. So I need to change something. So these days, when doing the thinking time helps me really, really think, is this the right decision? Is this the right move? Um, honestly, back then, though, when I started, it was more just like, you know, I was just, you know, you're, you're full of energy in your 20s. I'm excited. I'm yep. learning real estate. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And then um, and then internet marketing was coming up. And so I, you know, when I had a good thing with the short sales, created the program around that and just like everything's a stepping stone, as you know, right? Like you start with one thing and that's a stepping stone for the next thing that opens another door for the next thing. So I'm, you know, just constantly being in motion and moving forward, right. Rather than, you know, standing still and being stagnant. If you just move forward and put one foot in front of the other, just things happen, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And then to tie it all back into what you were saying earlier about the health, you know, just recently I, I've quit drinking for the last four months. I've noticed that the inflammation and my back problems have gone down tremendously as well, but also had a stem cell procedure into that, but everything's so interconnected, but you're also such a high functioning entrepreneur. When I think about you, Tolar, what is some of your biggest key assets or biggest key attributes that you do that you link it to your success that you have now? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's why I am so crazy about my health, I think, is because now that I'm you know, about to be 42 years old, um, you know, keeping my energy super high, right? And keeping my mind sharp is even more important to me than ever, right? Like, look, when I was in my early 20s, like, I could get hammered and, and go to work the next day on four hours of sleep, right? Like, I can't <laughs> do that now, right? So like, no, you got to be more, you know, you got to really take it more seriously. Um, and so, yeah, I think just really making health a priority. So for me, like, it's really interesting. I'm in a lot of, you know, groups with other high net worth individuals. And it's like amazing to me that like, a lot of these guys, they make tons of money, right? People who are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and yet they don't take care of their health. And I'm just like, what's the point of having hundreds of millions of dollars if you pass away at age 65 when you could have lived to 95, right? Like, and you're not there for your family. And so again, this is in my morning thinking time. Like, I'm very conscious about this. Like, okay, so like, what is, in my thinking time, I'll go out and say, what is my number one goal in my life? Like my ultimate goal that if I achieve this goal, like nothing else even matters. And, you know, when I come down to it, it's like, you know what, if me, my wife and my two daughters all live to a hundred years old, over a hundred years old, and live happy, healthy lives, and have a strong family unit, a family bond, go on family vacations every year, and like, like if if I if we achieve that, like, almost everything else is irrelevant, right? Like if you think about it, really, really big picture like that. And so working backwards from there, it's like, okay, wow, health is 
health has to be the number one priority. Without health, I can't be there for my family. I can't be there to, to, to make the impact that I want to be, in, you know, to have in the world. And so again, not just like for me, when I see people, especially people who are already, you know, millionaires and, and you know, very rich, it's like, go, go to the gym in the middle of the day instead of working. Like, why, why are you prioritizing work over, right. over working out? doesn't make sense to me. So there's that. And then, I mean, my favorite thing to do is go to the gym and listen to audiobooks on pod and podcasts on 2X speed. So I just love, I'm just a learning machine. I love to consume information. I think if you can just learn, keep learning every day, make yourself a little bit smarter every day. So, you know, I probably, um, these days I'm more on the podcast tip, but you know, when I'm doing audiobooks, I could easily go through you know, an audio book or two every week, right? So 50 to 100 a year and then tons of podcasts. And, and so it's just, um, yeah, just, just being a learning machine and keeping my energy high. It's interesting you say that um, uh, both those things are actually like not working on your business or not anything tactical or strategic or anything. Um, they're working on yourself. Um, and me and Posh have been talking about that a lot lately as well. How much, you know, especially as, as our businesses grow, as we grow as entrepreneurs, like a lot of the stuff that we're doing that's had the biggest impacts on our businesses has not been, has not been actually in the business. It's just been, you know, it, it's been on ourselves. And I think even we, we mentioned Ryan earlier, uh, you know, and he talks a lot about like, you know, how much, how much better are you going to perform if you have a clear mind, if you have the energy, if you're crushing it all day long instead of just for, you know, the first few hours before you have your early afternoon crash, et cetera. Um, and you also, you also mentioned something I thought was pretty interesting earlier. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, kind of just always being in motion, always going forward, right? And, the, and there's, there's um, uh, back in like 1978, there was this uh, neurologist that had a book called like Chase Chance, Chase Chance and Creativity, I think. Um, and it talks about like the four types of luck, right? Blind luck, luck from motion, luck from awareness, and luck from, from uniqueness. Um, I think luck from awareness is obviously what you just spoken about. You know, the the more uh, the more surface area that you're creating and learning about different things, the more chances you'll have to become really good at spotting good luck and opportunity. But the luck from motion um, is something that you mentioned earlier about always stepping forward and like always, always, you know, constantly moving. And I think that that like that cr constant movement creates motion and collisions um, and you kind of increase your surface area of luck through like just constantly moving forward and and being kind of a person of action and I, I like that a lot and you kind of you mentioned it earlier and I found that interesting yep absolutely I'm a big fan also of uh, Richard Koch who wrote the 8020 principle uh, books um, all of those who are really focusing on your highest payoff activities as well and um, yeah let's say to Laura because you know you, you've read so many books, listened to so many podcasts, and you have. there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening to this show, and they're going to listen to your show. If there's like one or two books or one or two podcasts or something that really helped unlock your scalability, um, what would they be or any tips that you would give somebody that's looking to, to help scale, to help kind of take their life on a massive way that need that little extra push? Yeah. And I think masterminds and coaches and learning really should be the highest, you know, priority. Mm -hmm. I think I've always invested in myself. Like even, I think even when I was a hundred thousand dollars in debt, I was paying a coach $2,500 a month. Um, so it's like, you know, I think that kind of shows a commitment to learning and having coaches. I want to have at least one coach at all times, ideally two or more. 
Um, I want to be in multiple mastermind groups at any given time, right? Because again, it's like the, the, the five, whatever we've all heard the saying, the five people you surround yourself with and stuff like that. And, you know, for me, that my actually right now, when I'm home, I'm more focused on my health, my family, right? My kids play a lot of sports. I want to be there for them and my business, right? When I, these mastermind groups that I'm in, that's where I get to have my social fun and like meet people who really light me up and inspire me and and re-energize me and keep me more motivated um, as well. Like I don't really relate to, you know, people I grew up with anymore, honestly, you know, I don't really, um, really enjoy just hanging out with people who aren't really talking about things that are stimulating or growing themselves or growing their businesses or doing things like that. I kind of hate to say it, but, um, you know, that's, that's just the reality of what energizes me and inspires me. So that's why I think putting that first, you know, being a learning machine, committing people, it's, it's really interesting how people are like sometimes cheap when it comes to like masterminds or coaches and things like that. And it's like, man, this is the best investment so like all the masterminds and coaches and all that, I've learned stuff from all of them. I've grown and, and been energized from all of them. Um, I would say right now, and I've gone through different phases, right? Like in the beginning, it was like a lot of uh, Tony Robbins, right? Who I still think he's obviously my ultimate idol and would highly yeah. recommend everyone, you know, go to all his stuff, right? Then there was a phase where it was like Tom Bilyeu and Ed Milet, who again, I still enjoy their podcasts sometimes, but it's like, um, you know, some after a while, some of the things kind of, you know, kind of feel a little basic, right? Sometimes. So then it's kind of like, okay, what's next? And right now I've been binge listening to a podcast called Founders, um, which is basically the guy summarizes. Founders is really good. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. You got me on that so one. he just summarizes books, of, or you know, kind of books of of people who have been successful and and their life stories, and basically summarizes it in a one hour podcast. So that's uh, I've been kind of going down that rabbit hole. Um, in terms of books, obviously the one I mentioned, U Squared by by Price Pritchett. Uh, highly recommend people get the physical copy of that one and actually take it out with them and do thinking time in the morning. For me, it's, it's extremely extremely valuable to to do that. I, that's another thing. Uh, he talks about it a lot in The Road Less Stupid, which is another great, great book. Keith um, Cunningham. Keith Cunningham. Right. I went to his yeah. four-day MBA, which was also a great event and and that book. And he talks about thinking time. And even though all these great, Naval talks about thinking time, right? All these people talk about thinking time, yet Deep not many people do it, you know? Yeah. What, what do you say, like when you say thinking time, yeah. some people are going to hear that. They're going to hear meditation. They're going to hear a walk. Like how do you... How do you do it? What's like to lower secret sauce? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it can be all of that, right? There's certainly some visualizations that I'm doing. There's a lot of gratitude that I'm doing. Um, there is um, sometimes breathing techniques that I'm doing. Some, you know, For a while, I was doing some Wim Hof breathing. Sometimes I do box breathing that I learned from Mark Devine. Um, and so... Uh, and then there's, you know, kind of skimming through that U squared book really gets me out of my head and think big picture. So I'm doing kind of visualizations like, okay, 10 years out, here's what my life looks like I'm doing. And then I have, I'll tell you, I I think I've told you this one, Pasha, but I, I probably, probably worth mentioning. I have my visualization that I'm constantly doing, um, is, and it's, I'm, I'm a hundred, I'm over a hundred years old. Me and my wife are both over a hundred years old. So basically I'm kind of saying this affirmation or visualization to myself of, I'm looking at my wife, we're in front of our vacation home, lake house. And I say to her, we've been married for over 75 years. 
We raised two beautiful, happy, healthy daughters that are both still alive, happy, healthy. We have a great relationship with them. We went on family vacations with them every year. They now have happy, healthy families of their own. And we have grandkids that we helped raise and been a major part of their life and been on family vacations with them every year. And they're now even growing up to have happy, healthy great grandkids Mm -hmm. for us that that we now get to enjoy life with as well. Right. And so we, you know, we looking back at our lives, we've helped a lot of people. We've done the best that we can. Right. So this is a visualization that I'm doing, you know, usually five days a week in the mornings and, and really visualizing that as well as 10 years out as well. So I think it's really powerful to, to paint these pictures. Um, I try not to get in the nitty gritty. Um, recently I'm, I'm not one who's like, um, although I did actually did for a while, I did visualize um, hitting different, you know, monetary goals as well. Um, and an interesting part of that. So there was one monetary goal that I hit when I sold my company and I, I was visualizing it for a while, right? We're going through due diligence. It's like this kind of process. You're like, okay, so I'm visualizing this is going to close. And when it does close, I'm going to visualize the wire going into my bank account. And then I'm going to come out here the, you know, the next morning during my morning thinking time. And I'm going to put my hands up in the air like this. I'm going to say yes. And then I'm going to pat myself on the back and go yes with my fist. And like, and then, so I've done that. And then when it, when it happened, I followed through on the visualization to really solidify in my unconscious mind that what I visualize actually comes true. Right. And so I did done that for a few different monetary milestones as well. And so that's, I think, an important part. Visualize something happening, visualize how you're going to celebrate and then actually follow through with that celebration to ingrain that belief in your in your unconscious mind. I think it's like, um, I want to say it was Robbins or somebody, somebody else that said like one of the, one of the biggest lackings in entrepreneurs is they don't celebrate their wins, right? You just hit it and then you move on, right? You know, and I, I, I've done that. I've done that way too many times that I can count. I'm ashamed to say, but like you hit something and then you're like, (laughs) okay, what's next? A hundred percent. When I sold my company, everyone was like, oh, what are you going to, I'm like, I already have the next business up and running. I was already starting it on the side. Like (laughs) once I knew I was going to sell this one, I had to start the other one on the side. So yeah. I um yeah. I retired from my first software firm and like put in a CEO and started a board and 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 did all that stuff. And then like I I didn't I I just was investing for a few months and then all of a sudden I had a second business. And I was like shit. How did I yeah. do this? But uh what um you know it's interesting you moved you, you know you're talking about after you sold your first business. What uh I'd love to I'd love to hear about and cuz I I've had this experience as well what are you doing different in your second business that like, you know, you didn't do in your first business? Good Um, question. I don't know about you, but I think the second time around is like so much easier. Yeah. I think there's certainly, (laughs) there's certainly not the pressure that like, okay, let's, let's secure the financial future of my family and sell this thing right now. It's more like, I really don't actually this business I don't want to sell. I don't plan to sell like anytime soon, right? Of course, listen, someone walks up to you and offers you some crazy multiple or something, you know, you're never going to put it off the table, but you know, you don't you don't need to sell, right? So, um it's more of a long longer term game. Um and so I think also though, you got to again, everything goes back to thinking time with me because you have to get clear on what do you really want, right? Like there was there was a moment, there was a pivotal moment when again, I was a, I was kind of like a really high paid internet marketing consultant, outsourced CMO, whatever you want to call it. And the lo- next logical step for me to make would be to start my own internet marketing agency. I could have gotten more clients and built a big agency and all this kind of stuff. And I started to think about it. And I'm like, but then every time I bring on more clients, 
other than these, you know, right now I was just raising my price and working with a few, you know, exclusive clients. But it's like, if I start making a real agency and bringing on dozens and dozens of clients, now I got to hire dozens and dozens of people. Then I got to manage all those people. Like, you know, I looked at this other agency, they had a hundred employees and, you know, the guy's just managing employees and on employee meetings and stuff like that. And I'm like, is that what I really want? And then I'm like, no, like it's not, that's not what I want. So then it's like, okay, so what do I want? Well, I want something where I can, you know, scale up the business and be super profitable without having to have a hundred employees and and having to constantly grow my team every time I grow my business, right? So I was very clear that I didn't want to be in the service business, right? I didn't want to be in a service business where, uh, so so then it was like, okay, so what do I want? So I came down to e-commerce or creating like a SaaS company, right? Because those are two business models that I thought about in thinking time that I could scale dramatically without having to scale my employees dramatically, right? So then I, so as I thought of those business models, I kind of played my, played a little hand at both of them. Um, didn't really have any great SaaS ideas, tried some little ones here and there, didn't really work out. And that's another thing, like I'll throw, you know, I've thrown a bunch of stuff against the wall to see kind of what sticks. But e-commerce ended up working out really, really great. Um, I think I got in at a great time, had a great idea that I was a great product that I was very knowledgeable in that actually worked that, you know, I made sure it was a great product. And um, yeah, so so again, right now, I'm also at the point where I have a nice team, um, a nice size team, but it's not like I'm not managing all of them. I don't want to be in the grind of the day to day. Um, they actually run weekly team meetings and stuff like that on their own. And I just, I'll hop on every once in a while, but it's like, I realize that like, I know this is kind of horrible to say, but like, maybe, maybe I'd be doing better if I, you know, if I did do more meetings or whatever, but like, I just wasn't getting, it wasn't, it was draining my energy to be on, on a lot of these meetings, right. Instead of giving me energy. So in strategic coach, uh, which is another group I'm a part of as well, it's like, what is your unique ability, right? Like, what are you good at that also gives you energy that also makes a big impact in the business, right? So now uh, I'm passionate about the products that I put out. And, you know, the brand is very congruent with myself and kind of the paleo anti-inflammatory, really high quality organic products and things like that. So uh, that's the best use of my time. And that gives me energy to come out with new product ideas and do things like that and have a team that runs the day to day. But the business model is also great, right? Because the difference between me selling, you know, 10 million a year and 100 million a year is really, you know, if we're talking about a platform like Amazon, especially where they've done a great job of like simplifying and automating everything for you. It's an incredible business model. It's like the difference between doing 10 million a year and 100 million a year is literally just placing a bigger order with your supplier, right? And so- very scalable. So that's what I'm looking for is specifically like business models that will serve me. Right. And then when I first joined GoBundance, I'm like, all right, the next step for me is to be a GP and do real estate, <laughs> put together real estate deals. Cause that's what everyone else does when they get to my point or whatever. Right. And then it's like, start talking to everyone who's like GPs and like, start thinking about all the work involved and like, do I really want to go out and, ha- you know, raise money from hundreds of people and have these conversations with them and raise money from them and be responsible for their money from them. And it's like, wait a minute, or I could just send a wire and be an LP and make my great cash flow return every year and build up my passive income like I've been doing every year and not have to even think about it or do any work there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You have to love it for sure. Like it can't yeah. be, a, it's got to be a work of love. It cannot be a, not be a means to an end because there are easier ways to get returns for sure. That's correct. You know, to Laura, what I love and like the, the thread that I'm hearing 
that you, when you were speaking, that's so important. I think when people are listening is that you're, cho- you're choosing lifestyle first and then you're figuring out ways because of your thinking time to be creative and to still scale, but choosing your lifestyle first, which I think it's just all comes down to just like, it's a puzzle. This is my wants. These are my needs. Let me figure it out. And as an entrepreneur, that's on us. Right. And I really love to highlight there that you're like, oh yeah, maybe I could scale more, but you're choosing your life first, which I think is like so important to stop comparing yourself to everybody else. So like, like kudos to you. And also very important lessons here about thinking time, about uh, choosing uh, your lifestyle, choosing yourself, choosing your family, choosing your health, choosing your kids first. So if anyone's listening to this and it's like, is we in the weeds of it all and don't, doesn't have the lifestyle as an entrepreneur, you better start figuring out ways to make it. You're only doing what you like to do because that's what Talor said. He only likes to do what he's doing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, if you most people um, think that the right thing to do is just wake up and immediately start grinding and 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 just do your work, yeah. work, work, put your head down and work. And I think that what's missing from that is the thinking time, right? And and working on the right thing, right? You can work. A lot of people work the same amount uh, of that, right? Elon Musk works the same amount of hours as most other people, you know, maybe a little more, but like, you know, look what, look what he's producing, right? Look what he's working on, right? What is he right. thinking about, right? So I would really, really think about that. Yep. Incredible. What's, what's next for you, Tor? Like, what are you up to? What, what, what has you excited? Because you're such a devourer of content and trends. Like, what, what, what's exciting you lately? So for me, um, it's, it's definitely giving back more. And, and now that I'm kind of more into, um, I've always been into personal development. I would say that more recently, I'm more into kind of spirituality as well. And then also just trying to give back more. And so I think about like, and this is an interest, this is another interesting thinking time question for people to ask themselves is like, why do you deserve to be rich? Right? Why do you deserve to be rich? What are you what are you doing for in this world? What are you doing that you deserve to be rich? What kind of person are you? Are you the type of person who's going out and getting drunk and and uh and just doing whatever you feel like doing, right? Um, you know, if you're if you're married, are you like going out and flirting with other girls and getting drunk or whatever? If if you're in a committed relationship, right? Um, are you you know, what, what, what kind of, cause there's an energy around everything, right? So I'm really trying to get more in tune with different energies and, and surround myself with the right energy. And like, you know, there, like, for example, there's someone I know who is having issues with his wife. And then, um, there's, there's health problems, there's wife problems, there's these, there's all sorts of problems. And it's like, when you're too logical, and you're not, don't have any kind of like, I guess, I don't know, for lack of a better word, spiritual awareness. I don't know. I'm not talking about religion either, by the way. Um, right. But some people, religion is great for them and, and that's how they get their spiritual awareness. And that's great too. So whatever, whatever works for, for you from that capacity, but it's like looking at that person, it's like you're getting hammered and gambling and going out and, you know, flirting with other girls or whatever. And then you're wondering why your marriage sucks. You're wondering why your health sucks. You're wondering why, you know, so, so again, it's like, I want to be a giver, right? Like I believe, and I'll tell you, like, I know someone who, who I, who I've been kind of studying spirituality with and he, you know, he built a, 
nine multiple nine figure business, right? Sold a small portion of sold like a minority portion of his company for like hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, and literally I believe, and he gives, he gives 50% of his time to teaching, you know, spirituality and mentoring people and doing, you know, giving back to other people. And he's been doing that forever, um, for a long, for a really long time. And so like, for me, it's like, I just believe, and, and but again, you got to be careful, right? You don't, you don't, I don't want to be, I'm not, I didn't join the board of this homeless youth, um, you know, pro, you know, the biggest nonprofit for homeless youth here in Nevada. I didn't join the board and try to like now get more involved and try to teach classes there and do the things that I'm, you know, getting ready to do there right now. I'm not doing that because like, oh, then it'll come back to me and, and whatever. But I actually do believe that like the more good you do, the more of a better person that you are, the better of an energy that you have when you don't have, when you have a clean conscience, when you, when you know that you're doing the right thing, right? Like, like, I think that, that like, even with your wife, like your wife can feel if you're like, there's not the same energy there with your wife. If you're not, you yeah. know, if you're in a committed relationship with her and you're not, you know, honoring that. Right. So I think there's, there's energy that happens like that. And I believe like, for me, if I can help and inspire more people, then that's, what's going to, you know, it's going to come back to me. I don't know how, um, and I don't really care how, and that's not why I'm doing it. But like, for me, it's about helping, inspiring more people. And so I'm thinking about that even right now, the vehicle is my business, right? So uh, I guess people tell me that through my podcast and through the teachings that I'm, that I'm giving around health and through my business, that I'm helping and inspiring a lot of people to take control of their health, to improve their lives and to do things like that. And that's great. And that's what I want to do in my business as well. So actually going back to Cody's earlier question that I don't think I fully answered, about like what I'm doing differently now, it's like I want to build a a real brand that w- that's not just thinking about how many units can we sell, but it's like how can we deliver more value to our customers, right? Like I literally have on my whiteboard, like how can I deliver more value to my customers? How can I earn the trust of my customers, right? Um, if I think about brands of sup, I take over thirty of my own supplements every day, but like if I think of like if I don't sell a certain supplement why do I buy, you know, a certain brand, right? Why do I, why did I used to buy Bulletproof brand when Dave Asprey was involved with it? Because I listened to his podcast and read all his books years ago and he delivered value to me. Therefore, I trust him. Therefore, you know, the law of reciprocity. And now I buy that product because I trust him and I trust those products, right? So for me, it's like, how can I deliver value without being attached? Oh, I need something in return, but deliver value, help and inspire more people. And then just trust in the universe that that will help it come back to me. You know, I, I think I noticed that when people play, you know, if you guys ever read or heard of like the infinite game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, uh, and, and I'm sure to Laura could probably do a way better job of describing it, but it, it does sound like you're playing like a totally different game uh, you know, with infinite returns than everyone else is playing when you're doing that. And I've seen time and time again, um, we were talking to our buddy, uh, Pasha, when we recently had our trip and, and Gabe, for example, Gabe, like everything he was doing, he would just crush. And when we were talking with him, I was like, I was like, did you set out to do that? He said, no, no I just set out to provide this value in this area. And then everything else kind of came back to him. And I love, I love seeing people that are like playing like by a totally different set of rules and a totally different set of incentives. Um, it's really cool to see. Yeah. Actually, you know, that's that's such a powerful thing that you bring up to Lord too, because I think the initial reason why we want to get rich or monetarily rich, right, or, or have mon- financial stability in our lives is so different to once you become successful 
And then the question starts to change, at least I know for myself, of what is it worth? Why did I try to get here so hard? And then, and then it's like, how do we provide value, right? So when you ask that question, why do you desire to be rich? Now, that question for me is so different than it was when I first started out, right? Now, if I really think about it, it's because I, I want to provide value and I want to help those around me. And I want to build communities for low income and to provide like the emotional support that is needed for that. So like yep. such a powerful question to ask yourself. And I, in fact, Curveball, Cody, why do you uh, desire to, you know, be rich? Um, man, that's a, <laughs> thanks, for that. <laughs> uh, thanks for putting me on the spot. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I saw this horrible, horrible tweet the other day. Um, it was, uh, I don't know if you guys are, are on Twitter. I, I really like Twitter. Well, I like it for like, there's like a very niche business group that I follow and then I just block anybody that gets into politics. And then, and then it's actually like a really healthy place. <laughs> um, but if you get in the politics realm, like it's a horrible place. Uh, so anyways, but Mr. Um, uh, a bunch of people were making fun of this. This became a meme, but Mr. Wonderful, you guys know, Kevin O'Leary, yeah. he tweeted out something like, doesn't matter. I, 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 this is to this day, I could not believe he actually tweeted this. I thought he got hacked, but apparently he didn't. Um, but he tweeted something to the effect of it doesn't matter if you lose your wife, if you lose your mother, if you, uh, if your dog dies, as long as you're successful. And if you're successful, nothing else matters. I swear to you, I swear to you, that wow. was the tweet. Seriously? Yeah. And I thought about it when I, when I read that tweet, I was like, man, you know, like if I don't have my family to, give to like that is that's for, for me, that's what drives me. Um, so it's providing like awesome experiences and a great life for my family. Um, if I was just like on my own and I had no one, I don't, I don't know if I'd be rich. I'd probably be, I'd probably be a beach bum. Um, you know, like <laughs> I probably would be, I probably would be way lazier than I am today. Um, so anyways, I don't know. It was, it was, a, it was a horrible, horrible tweet. Jesus. Uh, and it was real, um, they also, a bunch of people piled on and showed him like these, uh, they, they had, like videos that he posted on TikTok of him tearing up when he got a, uh, when he got a really nice watch. Um, like, I don't know, some yeah, people crazy. are totally, totally backwards. They're obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. They're totally obsessed. So that's what jumps to my mind is yeah. like, I guess when I think about like, well, how do, why do I want to build wealth? It's usually, it's usually to, it's usually to provide experiences, not even things, but like experiences for my family. Um, so, and that could be travel, it could be education, it could be, you know, it could be helping, you know, somebody retire early, whatever it is, that shows you what I think about. Um, so, I don't know. That's... Yeah. yeah. No, that's a great question. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for answering. I know, I know it was a curveball. I, yeah, I wanted man, to kind of throw you off. <laughs> We're interviewing Delore here. Can we, I know, uh, but I wanted to throw the, you off a little bit. Can we keep, but, um, the, uh, can we yeah, keep the attention I, on him? I got to, sorry. <laughs> Delore. Um, no, no, what okay. would you say, there's a lot of people that I talk to that are deciding if they want to join a mastermind. Most people who listen to this are already in masterminds, but I know there's some higher level masterminds. And I know that you've, you know, you've been, you kind of you ran the gamut. You've been on all of them. And, and what would you just say to someone who's been thinking about joining these other higher level, more entry, uh, it's more expensive to get into? What have you learned by being in the proximity with other these, these other guys and whatnot? 
Yeah. I mean, for me so far, and again, this, this is probably not a rule of thumb. I'm sure there's some very expensive masterminds that are not great out there, but for me, it's almost <laughs> right. like the more <laughs> yeah. expensive the mastermind has been, um, the, the better it's, it's, it has been essentially in a certain, in a certain way, right. For, for, in, in, for example, right. Like if you're, yeah, I mean, think about who has to pay. If you're paying 30,000 a year to be in a mastermind, think about who's in that room, right. Um, in terms of if you're trying to grow yourself in, in business and financially and things like that. There's a lot you can learn from those people. I'm not saying you have to pay, you know, to be in super expensive masterminds, but um, yeah, I mean, these days I would actually rather pay for a mastermind that was thirty thousand or fifty thousand than if it was three thousand, right? Um, because again, it's it's yeah. the the level, right? Of of who if if you can make the cut for a thirty fifty thousand dollar a year one, uh, you're you're probably doing something right in in business, right? Uh, and you're probably someone who maybe I would be inspired by, maybe not. I'm not inspired by everyone in these masterminds, but usually, um, yeah, I, I can't. I mean, it's by far been the best investment. I think even even Warren Buffett, even you know, everybody says like investing in yourself is the best payoff you can possibly get, right? Um, there's just there's just no better investment. So I've never, you know, materially like I'm not I haven't you know bought stuff. I'm not into like fancy really fancy stuff or whatever. So I don't like blow a bunch of money on on stuff like that. I'm similar to Cody. I, I want to have great experiences with my family, right? My daughters are only going to be this age once. Like I only got one shot at this and the memories that we make as a family right now, like for me, there's no price tag I could put on those experiences. So that's obviously something that, you know, where, where I do spend my money there will be, you know, to get a, you know, incredible Airbnb on the beach, you know, with my family or something like that, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I've, I've never gone wrong investing in myself. Um, you know, if you don't have the money to join these expensive masterminds then start with the audiobooks and podcasts and, you know, start with some, some lower cost ones and work your way up from there. But, um, you know, being committed to, to growth and learning. Right. And it's the same thing, like why people sometimes will say, I was, I was at a lunch recently and someone's like, you already sold this company. You already have money. Like, why are you even still working? Or like, why are you? And, you know, honestly, like people who have that mentality of like, I'm just going to build this business and sell it so that I can just retire and do nothing. Usually those people don't ever sell a company and make a lot of money because that's just, that's not how right. people are wired who are super successful, right? It's like, it's yeah, for it's me. True. Yeah. For me, it's like life is about growth, right? Like life is always about some sort of growth, whether personal growth, you know, you know, financial wealth, if we're playing that game, right? I think money is just a game that we're all playing, right? And so- Money's just know, a scorecard yeah. for how much you're growing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's actually in terms of business, you know, there is, um, you know, I think Garrett J. White says, you know, results don't lie. Right. Um, sometimes. Right. It's a, it's, it's a really harsh statement yeah. for a lot of people to hear. Right. Um, results don't lie. But like, uh, I mean, in all areas I of your that. life. Right. If you're overweight, yeah. you know, results don't lie. You know, you don't don't mm -hmm. try to tell me that you've been exercising every day and eating super healthy and you're 50 pounds overweight because the results don't lie. Right. Don't say that you've been, you know, doing this or that or whatever when the results aren't aren't showing it. Now, obviously, there's some lag time there, too. So you might you might be, you know, really working on it for a year or whatever. And then finally, later on, you see the results. There's there's obviously that factor in it as well. You're not going to immediately see the results. But um, yeah, life for me is all about learning and growing. And and um, that's all I want to do. I, I mean, I'm obsessed with it. Like every free second I get, like I go in my car, I go in the bathroom, I'm like turn on the podcast. Like how can I consume more, like, you know, more information when I'm not doing my quiet time thinking time and I'm not doing my work or I'm not being present with my family. Like if there's just like, I don't want to, I don't want to waste time 
that I could be learning, right? I don't, I, I can, I can barely like, sometimes I can barely like, you know, other than, you know, with my wife, obviously we do, but like a lot of times it's like, I can't just sit there and watch this stupid show or like, I can't just sit there and like watch it. I just feel like I'm wasting time. I just want to learn something. Like I want to watch something yeah. where I'm learning, you know? So I'm, I'm like that a lot. And I got a question for you because I haven't figured this out. So I asked this from like a place of like, uh, I'm really bad at this, but how, what I found is that as somebody who feels like that and constantly wants to be reading something, learning something, listening to something, watching, you know, like, like absorbing information and trying to build upon it. Um, I have found that it's really hard for me to be present. Um, have you, have you like conquered that or do you also struggle with that? And I think that's true for like a lot of guys that are really driven. Um, you know, we're probably really good at one area because we're not the best at the other area. Um, yeah. What do you do? I I would say, I mean, yeah, I, I try to see, I, I actually, uh, one of the things I do is that I'm not on social media. Um, so that's, that's a big thing for me, right? Like even Twitter, like I'm like, oh, you know, there's a few people I like to follow on Twitter and like I sign up and it's like, ah, they're bombarding me with like all this stuff. Like, this is crazy. I can't like <laughs> delete. Right. And then like, even, you know, even if I have some like, um, yeah, so I would, even if you have social media, I would recommend deleting it from your phone. Um, you know, so if, you know, if you delete social media from your, from your phone and then only reinstall the app when you need it, um, that would be one way to, to help do that. But just, so trying to keep your phone, your phone is, I think the main thing that distracts people from being present. So, uh, but again, like, you know, in terms of like why I'm present when there's something that interests me, right. Am I present when someone's talking about the weather or the news or, or politics or whatever, like, you know, that I'm not in, that I don't want to talk about, then, then I'm probably not as present. So there's that factor, but I think keeping the social media to a minimum, um, keeping your phone away from you. So like I keep my phone downstairs at night. I don't have it near me. I keep my phone on airplane mode for like the first, that, that's an important thing. And usually the first hour of the day, I have my phone on airplane mode. Um, and, and that helps the thinking time, right? I've noticed that like, if I turn on my phone and all of a sudden I've also trained people like, Hey, don't text me unless it's like super, super urgent. Like in terms of like my team or business or whatever, like I do not want to, you know, turn on my phone at, at 7am and like have a text from you about something that you think is like important, but it's not that urgent. And like, now you just like disrupted my whole flow of like thinking time or whatever. Right. So really just taking control of, of my time from that perspective, training teams and my team and people to like not text me unless it's like, you know, super, super crazy emergency, just email me and I'll check the email when I'm online and working. Um, but, um, but yeah, listen, everyone, every, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, the best at it either. Right. I think everyone, uh, everyone struggles with trying to be, to be more present, but, um, yeah, just, just, especially when I'm with my kids, um, yeah, trying to be as present as possible, but, uh, yeah, it's a constant, constant work in progress. Yeah. I love those tips. It's really good. What, um, you know, with the mastermind, uh, and I kind of, I'm jumping around a little bit here, but with the mastermind, I was just curious, what do you, you know, what's the value, you know, obviously learning and growing, et cetera, but is the value, is the value and you're, and you're involved in some that I'm not, is the value you're seeing, is it specifically from it, from the mastermind itself, or is it just kind of, uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, right? Like creating the, 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 the maximizing the top five of the average people that you're around, um, you know, what are you absorbing? Is it just seeing other people do things, getting ideas, 
um, you know, being around people that you're like, oh, that's possible. I didn't even know that was possible. And then as soon as you know it's possible, it's almost like there's something that switches in your mind. You're like, okay, that I know this guy that did this and he's not that much different than me. So I can go do that. I guess what, you know, could you pinpoint it or is it like all the above? What do you, how do you kind of feel about that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's a combination of a lot of those factors, but um, for sure there's, there's that factor of like, oh wow, like all these guys are multimillionaires and like, you know, they're not that much smarter than me. Like, you know, like if they could do it, I can do it kind of a thing. Right. So like there's that. In this um, case, not smarter than you at all. I'm sure. yeah. <laughs> well, it's like Ed, Ed Milet, I think talks about um, your, your thermometer, your, your financial thermostat. Right. And so, yeah. right. Like when I, you know, when I joined tiger 21 and I was one of the smallest people, you know, in terms of financial in that group, then it's like, Oh wow. Like, now it's 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 kind of like maybe hopefully resetting my financial thermostat like higher right and seeing like oh wow look there's, there's all these people and it's like well they're not you know they, they don't seem to be that much smarter than I am or you know where you know they're, they're actually wow look at this they're actually interested in me and they're they're looking for me for advice on how to be a better person or health or whatever it is you know and so it's like oh okay wow like I I deserve to be here like I belong here right um, and then there's so there's there's a lot of that I definitely think. The people is what makes the biggest difference in most of these masterminds. There are some where it's like, yeah, you go and learn from the person directly. So uh, Tony Robbins is obviously one where you're going and learning from him directly and and most of the values coming from him, um, you know, um, so, but a lot of most of the other ones. And so even our e-commerce mastermind, we have an e-commerce mastermind where that we've really created this culture of like everyone has to give and share or you're out of the group. Right. And so it's, it's a crazy, <laughs> it's a crazy concept. Um, but basically it's been the most, to me, it's by far the best e-commerce mastermind that we have. And we've been doing it now for five years straight, meeting every four months, renting like an Airbnb, really big houses, sometimes two houses and, and everyone kind of just splits the cost and so nobody makes any money on it. We met at a place where they were charging us $10,000 to be there. And then like a few days before the event, they're like, okay, now everyone, you know, share your best secrets on what you're doing in your business. And we're like, wait a minute, didn't we pay you $10,000? Like, and now you want to take my right. secrets and then go sell another course to thousands of other people with my secrets in it or something like, and so we're like, Hey guys, like, why don't we, you know, why don't we just get together the 15 of us or whatever uh, and make our own mastermind and everyone is going to do a presentation. Everyone's going to share something of value. But then, you know, one of my buddies who actually is the one who really solidified this mastermind, he was like, we're going to take it one step further. And at the end, we're actually going to vote on who delivered the most value all the way down to who delivered the least amount of value. So you can actually get this feedback of where you stand and, and if you delivered value and what people really think about you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's incredible. Are you like Goldman Sachs? You cut the bottom 10% every year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think Jack Welch and <laughs> DE cut the bottom 10%, but, but it's actually true. It's, it not only have we cut out the bottom 10% every, you know, every meeting and now over, over five years, there's, there's only been a handful of us that's been, that have been there the whole time and we keep adding new people, but even oh when we God. invite, <laughs> yeah, we invite three new guests and usually only one of them will make the cut. Right. But again, wow. this is something that we're doing. No one's making any money off of it, right? And, yeah. and if we don't deliver value, and the thing is, it's not only to get rid of the people who are not you know, delivering value, right? And this whole thing sounds kind of harsh, but I'm just saying it because it's worked so well. You know, um, it's, it, it forces you, right? So now every mastermind, 
I get together with like my team and I'm like, all right, what are all the things we tested in the last, since the last mastermind? What are all the things we've implemented? What have we done? What can I share? How can I deliver more value to people? Like, you know, like, so yeah. you're literally, and then like you're meeting people at the mastermind and they're like, yeah, I'm just kind of struggling with this. Oh, can I help you? Let me help you. I want to deliver more value to you. Now it's like, you know, it started off being like, I don't want to be at the bottom of the ranking and get kicked out of this mastermind. And there's still <laughs> a, 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 bit, a little bit of a level of that, but it's also just like, how can I, you know, cultivate this environment and culture of like really going above and beyond to help everyone else and, and not be a taker to be a giver, you know? Yeah. yeah. You said something really important and now twice, and I, I want to bring it up and highlight it is that, you know, when you get outside of like thinking about just social norms and, and stop thinking about everybody else, you are able to make better, more logical decisions. There's two things you said to Lord. One was, you know, it's kind of brutal. I don't really talk to like my friends all that much because they don't like invigorate me. And I think us as entrepreneurs, we all have that. Like I, I definitely resonate with that. And I'm, I'm finding that balance of both. But then also here with your mastermind, right? The social norm is to just be really nice to everybody. But you guys have created a system that is value driven because that's what you guys are seeking. And that's what you guys are benefiting from. And like really uh, feedback is such a pivotal part about growing. And when you get that feedback, that's like, everyone's like, oh, yes, that's brutal. But at the same time, if you get cut, that's also feedback that, hey, you didn't deliver. And maybe next time that you're in a situation like this, you got to really work harder. Um, so I really like the way you operate. I really like the way you think, uh, Talora. I just wanted to give you kudos on that because that you're value driven, right? You're, you're a good person, but you're also very value driven. And, and you know yourself. You're, you're, it's like, dude, it's like you saying yes to yourself. Like I have my standards of what I want in my life and that's what I'm going after. And like if people don't understand it, then like I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, I'm still friends with a lot of, you know, I go to e-commerce conferences and yeah. like, there's literally 10 I'm not saying you're there. a dick. Like I'm not. There's 10 people that have been kicked out of, you know, our mastermind and like, but I'm still friends with all of them. We're still on good terms. Some of the people have used it as fuel and motivation. Like, you know right. what, I'm going to show, like one of the guys is, you know, doing 50 million a year now, like after he got kicked out of the mastermind and he's like, right. do, you think know, the, uh, do you think the pain in your hands was like a voodoo doll? One of them. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, they love me. They love me. And then secretly they're I'll back tell you there. What, if if I ever got cut, it would it would drive me. Right. It would drive like, me, yeah, yeah. It would drive me. It would make or me break like, me. <laughs> no, no, no. I, mean, I don't think it would break you. But anyways, no, no. I just wanted to give you that kudos. I saw that like uh vein of thinking and, and I like it, you know. I, I think What's, it's awesome. What's the messaging? And we're asking pretty selfishly. We also run something like this, and we've talked about this possible approach uh, before. I'm curious yeah. what it, what's the what's the messaging? Um, and they probably all listen to this podcast as well. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, again, I don't know. Look alive, boys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I kind of threw this idea out one time and it got shot down pretty hard. So I don't want to be that guy, yeah. uh, you know, trying to, right. it's, I'm not trying to push this idea on anyone. You know, it's just something that I threw out because it's worked tremendously well for us. And it's been the most successful e-commerce mastermind that I know of. And literally five years ago, more now, I think, or whatever, when, when we first started this mastermind, we weren't doing big numbers. And now pretty much everyone in the group has had an, a successful exit, has made a lot of money, has successful businesses. Wow. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's been incredible. Cool. We've, we've gone on this journey together. Um, but I think, you know, a couple, one of the guys in the mastermind talked about it, like, like, look, this is, a, this is like a sports team. 
You know, like yeah. you, you don't, you, you know, it's like, there's no, it's not like you're not just going to make the team because, because your friends on the team, you know, like yeah. you got to, you got to earn your spot on this team. And, and yeah. I like, I, think, I, I love, I love the idea. I like, yeah. I have a, I, I want to figure out how to execute on it. But I you know what though? I, I think what's different here. I think we have to take a step back and realize what the intention of like the masterminds are, right? Like the intention of Talor's mastermind is to, uh, value add e-commerce growth, right? And our intention is to get a group of guys together and just be and learn from each other, whatever our like walk of life is. I think it's the intention of what the mastermind is, is really the way you can kind of focus what's happening on this. So I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of convinced. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> convinced after. Uh, yeah, I think for, for example, uh, real estate, if you guys, let's say you had a real estate mastermind, right? And yeah. you, the two of you were delivering, felt that, you know, every mastermind, not just one time, you had a couple masterminds and you guys now feel like, hey, you know what? We're delivering lots of value, but these five guys over here, they're just taking, taking, taking. And, and honestly, I haven't learned a single thing about real estate investing from them. And no one's, no right. one's making any money off this. They're not paying me to coach them, right? Eventually sure. you, might, you might say like, hey, you know what? Like you guys got to either step up your game or step out. Yeah, 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 oh, absolutely, man. I love I it. I love it. I love it. I also love what you said earlier. Um, you know, you were mentioning about like in everyday life, it's really hard to find people and connect with people that are in that kind of constant growth mindset. Um, I think it is, uh, it, it's, it's harder than people think. And I think that's why like most of these groups it ends up being this kind of national worldwide reach because it's really hard to find, even if you're in a big city like Vegas or Miami, LA, even there, it's hard to find, um, to be quite frank. So, um, yeah, I love it. We're um we're getting a bit, a bit to the end of time here, but to Laura, thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh, uh really just like a bunch of really interesting te- uh, you know techniques and things you're doing and how you look mm-hmm. at life. Um, I learned a ton, and uh, I can't wait to uh can't wait to have you on one of our outlaws trips. Um, I hope that happens soon. I'd love to get to know you a little bit better, and uh, thanks for spending your time with us. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then how, if if anyone wants to find what you're doing, your podcast, learn more about you, where should they go? How do they find you? How do they reach out? Yeah. So I have a brand called Peak Performance. We sell a lot of organic superfoods and supplements. If you've ever been on Amazon and searched for uh, superfoods or supplements, you might've seen our brand. Uh, So we have a podcast called Peak Performance Life. Um, so I dif- interview different health experts, nutritionists, doctors, Navy SEALs, and people like that as well. Um, so yeah, we talk, it's, it's, you know, kind of a blend of, obviously, if you've heard me talk today, you can see there's like a blend of personal development and health kind of all mixed in together. And that's kind of like what the podcast uh, is is about there. And and yeah, um, you know, in terms of the brand, the, the website is buypeakperformance.com, B-U-Y, peakperformance.com. And um, yeah, we sell really high quality supplements. We third party test them. We have a one for one match with the nonprofit vitamin angel. So for every unit sold, we supply vitamins to malnourished children, supplied vitamins to over a million kids um, through that program there as well. And um, yeah, that's about it, man. Appreciate you guys having me. Man, you're you're amazing. Thank you for being on and giving us your time, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Great meeting you, Tiller. You too. Take care. Thank you for joining us today. We think it's an absolute no-brainer that hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app will help you on your journey to your next 10 million.